Hey, you okay? Oh, damn enchiladas. Oh. You gonna be all right? Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of It's Them Damage, Slot is the podcast, where we mostly talk about horror movies with a splash of video games, television, comic books, and beer. I am Carlos Rivera, my partner, the Sean, Justin, and Andrew of our podcast, Adam Griffin. As always, follow us on the Red Hot Twitter machine, handles in the show notes, and the show at It's Them Dam, and on Instagram at It's Them Dam Enchiladas Podcast. Sir, Adam, how the hell are you today? Well, we're in, uh, we're here. I'm doing fine. I hope you're doing well. Hope everything. Yeah, things. things I'm I'm not, I don't feel like I'm dying. That's, you know, that's always a plus. You know, I got my flu shot yesterday. Yeah. And that killed me for about 24 hours. Yeah, they they tend to break you down and and let you build yourself back up. Get, you get that inoculation going. That's, that's a big word for Thursday night. Hey, you know, sometimes they just they just fly on out there. Wow. You know Thursday nights are college night, right? Yeah. Yeah, I used to I used to go to college. I used to go out at night, so I guess that works. <laughs> used to go out at night too. Yeah. A lot, a lot of things used to happen. Yeah, well. But you know you know what always happens here though? Uh we always tend to talk about horror movies. And lately mm. we've been on a we've been on a run of franchises. Yep. Um, so this week, uh, I figured figured we head down to them uh, them fictional swamps of New Orleans because you know they're real swamps down there, but fictional swamps in this case because we're going down and dealing with uh, one there, Victor Crowley and the Hatchet franchise and Honey Island. That's right. So it's an island in the in the swamp. It's an island swamp. That's a song, right? Islands in the swamp. That is what you are. Well, that, well that's 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 also a superstar, and uh, uh, it's also uh, uh, the island in the sun. And I just trampled over everything. What's what? Islands in the sun is not the name of the song. Is that is that the name of the song? You're right. Islands in the stream. Let's uh, get it going. Islands in the stream. Let's right. get a superstar. But it's not yeah. ghetto superstar. Ghetto superstar <laughs> sampled. Yes. All right. I know. After my great performance of Sweet Caroline last week. Yes. Don't you start with this music trivia because you know it's I, gonna this happen. is not this is not trivia. Well, don't mess it up. This is misaligned banter on purpose. Oh. <laughs> In order to start the show. <laughs> so. You know you can't well, do this to me. You know I, 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 I'm not antagonistic. I'm just just out here having fun and making bad comments about songs and going all over the place in order to get things started. You know, got to set the tone because if there's one franchise that's all over the place, 
in a good way. It's hatchet. <laughs> what did I tell you the other day? <laughs> After I watched, I watched them all over again. I said I forgot how good and ridiculous the Hatchet series was. Yes. Good and ridiculous. What are your thoughts on good and ridiculous? Uh, yes, that is a completely great way to describe it. Um, it's funny because I got the got the I got a Blu-ray right here. It says old school American horror. Right, uh-huh. right on the now when I when I hear that that phrasing, I think this is a franchise made for something that doesn't exist anymore, which is you know video stores. Those days of Blockbuster, Suncoast, Sam Goody. Go to the store, see something, looks neat, pick it up, and uh, you get you get blown away by what's on screen. And that's exactly what that first movie is. Um, it's tailor-made for that, you know, night in, gather around TV, watch this crazy-ass shit type of deal. Um, of course... Like, like it is a movie that made all of its money, or most of its, or the bulk of its money, due to home video. You know, because it was it was still coming out in that time frame where you can, you had to you had to leave your house to go rent stuff, like right at the tail end of there. So, yeah, it, it's a, it's a fun one. Uh, I'm trying not to. I don't want to sit there and go back into a plot, you know, recap. But uh, I think I think. That first movie hinges on getting ready to see Kane Hodder as Victor Crawley and the build up towards it. Okay. Kane Hodder and his acting abilities put to the test. It's a great role. It's a great dual role. Him as uh, Thomas Crowley, Victor Crowley's father, and then as monster Victor Crowley. Spoiler. In the in the present day stuff. But it, yeah, he does great, and he's you know he's coming off of the disappointment of him not being a Freddy versus Jason. So you know he's got something to prove on 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 two fronts. Number one, you know, can he play the monster again? Absolutely, positively, yes. Uh, number two, that whole rumor going around at the time that they wanted a a, a sensitive, emotional Jason or something to that effect. You know, there's a big quote that was going around on the internet, that dastardly place <laughs> that would uh, say that they were, that uh, Ronnie Yu, the director, really wanted to see Jason's eyes and being able to emote through his eyes or some shit like that. I don't know. Internet ruins everything. But, uh, you know, he's coming off of that, that disappointment. And, you know, he... He really knocked it out of the park as Victor Crowley. I mean, that whole run-up to his first reveal, where he just appears in the doorway and starts hauling ass after people. That is masterful stuff. It's pretty funny, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... uh, He had an interesting little run. Well, the way he ran... <laughs> it's that, that old like the... school that it's that old school movie monster lope. You know, you got the 
it's oh, like yeah, it was... the, odd, the odd try to you you're going it's like you your your top half is going in a complete circle while you take one step so you're so you're just that that hunched limp run it's great and boy could rick crowley use uh those electric tools man he was, he was, he was a handyman he should just start a handyman business Contractor, Victor Crowley, contractor. <laughs> Bayou, Bayou contractor. Bayou contractor. <laughs> so, I think there's a turning point in the film, and it does. It's connected to uh, Crowley's first appearance on screen, and that is the first skill. It's kind of a litmus test. Either you're in, or you're out. And I'm talking about the 360, 360 jaw rip. Uh. So, my thoughts when I saw this were, holy shit, they're going for it. I'm in. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw that one for the first time? Well, well I saw it with you. Oh, that was your first? Okay. Yeah, no hatchet. Let's <laughs> saw hatchet. When you told me that, I thought we were going to watch Machete. But no, there's two different movies because I'm dumb sometimes and I confuse the two. Uh, the garden tools. <laughs> you bladed instruments. Yeah, my bladed instruments were. Listen, I know my daggers. I know my. I know my swords and my knives. Machete, hatchet. Uh, a hatchet is an axe for me, right? You call it an axe. You want to call it a hatchet? Be that as it may. Saw it with you for the first time. I was in. I was definitely in. Oh, man. they were. They were definitely going for an old school feel with it. So I could tell right away this wasn't, you know, this wasn't along the lines of some of the newer horror movies where they try to be so realistic in all the aspects. Um, but no, that 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 jaw ripping was that was that was, that was intense. It was intense. Yeah. It, it felt like you know, it felt like a triumph of special effects in the sense that after you know after most of the the big horror movies got gutted well not you know metaphorically by the mpaa in the, in the uh <laughs> in the late 80s and early 90s you're now finally getting to see what these over top over the top effects look like in this kind of you know slasher setting you know once again you know the way things were kind of meant to be you know who knows how the horror genre would have been in the 90s uh, if some of those movies hadn't have been so trimmed down and and, and kind of edited a bit to the point of <laughs> some of the things we got. Now I feel when you said that you said that you used the word gutted I think you did that on purpose. I think you did kinda, it on purpose. Kind of did, and I kind of didn't, you know. Because I I feel after watching the entire Hatchet series, I'm a certified uh, gastroenterologist <laughs> with, the, with the amount of intestines and that, that Victor Crowley has pulled out of his victims. I, you know, they, they say it's like your intestines are like two miles long or something right. like that. Yeah. I think he was trying to test out that theory in the in the series, but he just kept on getting distracted because he had to go kill somebody else. Right. 
So I figured in the next the next uh, installment of the franchise, he's literally going to just measure out intestines. Well, the fun thing about that that uh, segment of intestines is that it was the same one every time. They just kept reusing them throughout four movies. The same, the same length of intestines. Every time they needed them, they had the old reliable gizzards going. Which annoyed me at Victor Crowley. Not the first three, at Victor Crowley, because it fell into the same little, uh, little world, like, Saw 3D, where here comes our high budget. Don't know where the budget went to. We're using the same intestines. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Victor Crowley. I didn't I say think... no. I, I didn't say I hated it. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't I mind think... the. Uh, I didn't. I didn't mind the, the reusage there. Uh, let's let's take a look. Actually, it's funny. Uh, Victor Crowley. The budget. I'm on Wikipedia, so this is probably horrifically wrong. But um, the budget seven million for Victor Crowley, and the budget for the original Hatchet. Boink. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's your money. Yep, one point five. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. Was, I mean, I, I'm I, guessing I, maybe that money wants to go pay Parry Shen. Hey. Well, since you brought the Perry Shen up, All Star, the All Star, the Crowley's <laughs> uh, Hatchet series, absolutely phenomenal. All four movies, holy shit! What a, what a wonderful performance. Different ones each time, but just, it's just so damn good. Yeah, if you're telling me the 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 budget went to paying him, I'm fine. I'm good. I get that. Right. This is what this, if that's what you're telling me. Then I'm, all right, cool. So I remember we. I remember watching the first one. Like, oh, this guy just lost his legs. Oh. Then part two. Like, wait a minute. Oh, it's his. What was it, his brother? Yeah. Yeah, he plays his brother. He plays his own brother. <laughs> oh. He's dead. Then part three. Now he's just somebody that just look <laughs> and the dialogue in the movie. Oh, <laughs> oh, because we're Asian, we all look alike. Yeah. I lost. I lost my <laughs> shit with that. He's. Dead. <laughs> he's like, well, this is a dead guy with no legs that kind of looks like you. <laughs> I was like, oh Jesus Christ. That was funny. That was a funny moment. He was great. Yeah. So let's see here. Um, the progression of the films. So you got your first one, right? The pure slasher throwback uh, in all senses of the genre. Complete with um, the twist monster coming back ending. So then, you know, you, you never knew if we were going to get a sequel until Hatch 2 does get announced. And uh, this is the one that took took a turn in a couple different aspects because you know the one kind of uh horror movie trope for sequels is that if you're not going to do a complete retread of the first one then the second one is both going to have an expansion of the backstory as well as 
a turn tone-wise, possibly to something a bit more action-related. It's either going to be you're either going to have your action, you know, predator aliens type twists, or you get your Jaws motif, in which you have a bunch of people contracted to go kill the killer who's been killing everybody. So, Hatchet 2 kind of leads to the Jaws aspect of it. While Hatchet 3 goes pure action. Um, Hatchet 2 kind of had a horrific, no pun intended, rollout uh, due to it getting pulled from theaters its opening weekend. Uh, AMC yanked it and uh, got it got released on rated but by the end of the weekend it was gone so that was one hell of a you know just a bummer of a thing to happen to any film especially if you got like if you're getting a national rollout from AMC to get it you know pulled away like that that's horrible stuff but like you know, like the the good scrappy franchise that it is, it found its life on home video. So, do you disagree with the the decision that of uh, them pulling them, that movie from the theaters? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you gotta. I think I think it's got to be some sense. If you got all the, the if you got ratings in general, right? There is a sense of accountability on the viewer. You know, you slap that rating on there, it's up to the viewer to inform themselves as to what those ratings mean and how they can deal with such material. That is a relationship between the viewer and the film itself. Anybody else, you know, you can't put that on on anybody else, you know. So if you release something unrated, if you're upfront with what's in the film content-wise... You know, do with it what you will. Now, releasing something unrated and then pulling it by saying, you know, we, you know, we, we weren't prepared for this content or whatever—that's bullshit. Um, you know, why have a rating system in that case? You know, if if you don't trust, it. if you don't trust people to inform themselves while also simultaneously giving them everything they need to inform themselves, then what's the fucking point? You know, if you're just going to be, you know, making the decisions for them without them having any say. Preach. So, you know, I, you know, I don't, Preach. <laughs> I don't like, I don't like that, that decision that they made, but, you know, like I said, the movie found itself and, uh, there you go. And I do think Hatchet 2 is where, where the franchise does come into its own. That's also where Daniel Harris joins the franchise. Yep, and that's exactly why. <laughs> it's it's no coincidence. Yeah. My horror boo, Daniel Harris, and her out-of-control eyebrow in part two. It wasn't out of control in part three. It was super out of control in part two. But I love her anyway, so I don't care. Um, when they decided to recast 
Mary Beth. With Danielle Harris. You knew there was a... I feel Mary Beth cast covered in the first part was a, a good starting point right. for uh, the whole Victor Crowley story. But then they they figured out how they wanted to go with it. So that's why you, I agree. Part two was really the turning point. Because um, we all know Danielle Harris from the Halloween series. Um, even being in the two horrible Halloween movies. She tried to save those two. She couldn't, she couldn't do it all by herself, but that's not her fault. Nothing's her fault. Nothing's her fault. Um, but she's such a strong presence. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what what movie she's in. Right. Her, her, as a, like, that's why they call her Scream Queen, you know? She's, she's built for yeah. that, the, for that role. Yeah, she will. She will put a movie on her back and carry it all the way through to to greatness. Um, yeah, she's absolutely great in part two. And uh, what we didn't mention is that uh, Hatchet Two also picks up right from the end of Hatchet One. So yes, yes. So so as soon as like Hatchet One ends with Victor Crawley yelling at the camera, Hatchet Two starts with Victor Crawley yelling at the camera. So. You get that cut of him yelling again, and then you cut to Danielle Harris now as Mary Beth, and it's seamless. It works. The switch works. And I think I think totally her performance as Mary Beth, and what the franchise starts to do in part two and moving through part three, fits as well. Uh, because you know she she's her her skill set as an actress is perfectly suited to move through these character moments and then moments of action and terror and she will you know she will fight back and give the villain complete complete hell you know so it's great how she just really brought something completely new and uh, well deserved to Hatchet you know, coming in. Oh yeah, so she she brings that credible final girl. Um, she's more than that, though. Right. She is more than that. And when you get to part three, and the way that she's her character is portrayed in part three, and the whole relationship with the the sheriff's wife. Um. And then one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie. This has nothing to do with Daniel Harris for a second. The sheriff's wife of our boy Sid Haig. Oh my god. Sid Haig with the sher- the, the deputy? Yeah. Could have stopped the movie right there. I, I just like. <laughs> god damn. Every time he is on the screen. Every time. There's Why why bother having anyone else on the screen with him? It's just. It's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because like I, uh, the older I get, this, 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 is a, this is an aside, but uh, the, the the older I get, and and the the more I see uh, the scene where the racist character meets up with 
a black character or a character that happens to be black, depending on how the character's written. And the racist character's going for it. You know, the more I, you know, the more I go, okay, you know, what what viewpoint am I seeing here? Is this are we punching up or are we punching down? You know. And uh, luckily, luckily, we punched down. <laughs> <laughs> You know, you, you, I, I, you know, I cringe at, at when uh, movies elevate racist characters. You know what I'm saying? I, I you know, you kind of got to put them in their place. You know. And luckily, Sid Haig plays that character well enough that he, you know, is kind of lower at the end of that exchange. It's played for laughs, but you know, he's on the lower end of things. Well, we want to make it clear. <laughs> Racism is not a funny topic. No. It's not funny. But what's funny about Sid Haig's character in this movie is that's how... There's a lot of people we've met in our lives that are Sid Haig's character in this movie. Yes, yes. And I He's... think it's, it's funnier because it's... It's not not because of the t- tone of what's going on, but it reminds us of someone. Yeah, and that's what they went for, and right. that's exactly what they went for. They weren't trying to be racist. They were trying to be like, oh, this this person that everyone in their life knows. <laughs> this is someone's uncle. This is someone's father. This is someone's brother. Their buddy on the force. This everyone has this guy that they know. Yeah, it's not, it's, it's not funny because it's racist. It's funny because we all. We all go back to a memory of a person that's just that damn stupid. Right. And that damn, like, jaded and, and blinded by uh, just old traditions. Yeah. Old, old Sid Haig. They need Sid to go. Haig just, yeah, oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> Sid Haig nails it. <laughs> yeah. And he nails it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. it. Then it's, yeah. then it's over with. You know, it's like, yeah. they, don't, they don't drag it out. Yeah. But I, yeah, but like, yeah, that scene. Like I got, like you know, I'm I'm watching. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> Just because you know, it's like, that's my that's my general response. You know, oh, I know. <laughs> I, I seen it. <laughs> but yeah, it's great. It's a great scene with him and uh, Caroline Williams, and uh, I let me pull the name up of the actor that plays the deputy here, because I want to give him his props too. Uh, Robert Diago Do. Key Doqui, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but nope. I'm sorry. But uh, yeah, he plays Deputy Winslow. He's great too in Hatchet Three. Uh, yeah, and big shout out to uh, Caroline Williams in Hatchet Three as well. Um, for those of you that probably know, she plays Stretch in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. So it's it's good to see her, you know, get back into the horror genre via Victor Crawley's Swamp. And how did we? How did? Uh, we're we're we're. I'm very upset with us right now. I'm oh. very upset with us right now. Okay. How did we not talk about how the the series started without and, Mr. Robert England? That's true. And you know who else we didn't mention? Who, Robert England. I well, mean, yes, yes. We we just we we literally just did two weeks ago. Our Freddy, <laughs> 35th spectacular yes 
And if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. Me and Robert Anklin share birthdays. We were both born on June 6th. So we're birthday we're birthday birthday brothers. When I saw him in that first scene, I was like, yes, motherfucker, yes. <laughs> so let's not forget him. That's right, yeah. Him, uh Joshua Leonard from Blair Witch Project is also yep. in that scene. Yep. And funny funny thing about his death scene in that, he's missing his teeth. And what was the last thing that happened to him in Blair Witch? It, teeth is gone. Yep. Uh, it's Tiffus. Tiffus is gone. Um, Tony Todd has Tony my favorite. Todd has my favorite line delivery. <laughs> my favorite line delivery in part two, which is, uh, "You got to be fucking kidding me." <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, for the podcast, he got really serious and made the face while he said that line. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you got so you, can, you got so you can imagine. So, uh, I mean, this series is full of genre favorites and wonderful actors. <laughs> but, but Perry Shen is is. Let me tell you, <laughs> he's doing. <laughs> well, in part two, he starts doing the French guy. <laughs> <laughs> and what's his name, Vernon, with the cookies? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, and then part one is the over over the top of Cajun accent. Oh my god! Yes. And okay. And a uh, quick and shout out to to uh, friend of the podcast Larry. Yep. Um, who absolutely hates those over the top, like the over the top gambit esque accents. I was gonna say gambit. <laughs> yeah, he Rip, can't Rip stop the them. <laughs> you know, so uh, and it, every time I hear uh, Parishin's over-the-top Cajun accent, I just think, man, Larry would hate this. <laughs> but it's over-the-top on purpose because it's all, you know, it's all, all a sham. Shout out to our buddy, Larry. That's right. Yes. <laughs> I was going to do a Cajun accent and I decided not to. Yeah, me too. Because yeah. <laughs> then it turns into my Matthew McConaughey accent and then... That that just goes downhill. Well, you see, right? No, see, no. Oh. All right, all Can't right, do. all right. Oh, oh no! Oh. Ow! God damn it! Back so to Perry Shen. Back to Perry Shen. And then it goes to the overtop Asian accent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was, he was just. I I don't know if he has a relationship with Adam Green <laughs> because he just kept on bringing him back. Well, you had you got to think that they built one through these yeah. four movies. So, <laughs> but yeah, wonderful stuff. Um, so let's, let's okay. The elephant in the room is Dumbo? the ending. No, oh. Dumbo's is um, not here right now. Um, the ending to part three. What do you think happened? I mean, what I think happened. Who? To him? No. Not to Mary, because we know what happened to him. Yeah, to Mary Beth. What do you think happened in that last scene? See, I I wasn't sure what happened to Mary Beth in that last scene. I feel like they... You know what's so distracting? Is at the end. (laughs) 
Andrew comes out. <laughs> He's like, I'm here. Like, <laughs> then I totally forgot what happened before that. <laughs> okay, so uh, the 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 MacGuffin, the 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 crux of the plot from part three is uh, that they have they find out that in order to break this curse, to stop Victor Crowley from repeating his reanimation uh, every night in the swamp, is to reunite him with his father, and in this case, get his father's ashes. And bring them to him. So, Victor Crowley uh, gets his father's ashes dumped all over him. Um, poor Mary Beth gets impaled onto a tree. Oh, uh, 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 keep going, because uh, there's something that bothers me about that scene. But go ahead. Falls off the tree branch, um, picks up grenade launcher. Uh, spitting up blood Victor Crowley melts uh, she you know, fires a grenade launcher Victor Crowley explodes uh, helicopters come in they find they you know spotlights on Andrew there's spotlights flickering over her um, she's dying you can hear a heartbeat in the background uh, there's a fade to black and then a quick cut of her taking a breath and then cut the credits. Yeah. I have yep. my theories about what actually happened there. Well, before we get to that theory, when she comes off the tree, yes, all right, after mm -hmm. being impaled, okay, and there's no exit wound visible, I was very upset with the editing of that part. That's all I gotta say. Right. That's just a little pet peeve I had. Yeah. Next time you see it, you'll notice. Yeah, there's no, she there's rose, nothing. She rolls over. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, guys. Yeah. So one thing I ask of you, one thing I ask of you, you guys love this gore and these special effects. You get that right. Um. Well, here's the thing. She technically didn't wait for him to fully die. Because at, at the one point she just says, "I'll oh, just fuck it," and then she shoots him. Right. So that extra breath could have been the embodiment of Victor Crowley going into her, or the curse going into her. Okay. Now, what were you going to say? I was going to say that in order to fully explain my theory, we got to talk about Victor Crowley Part 4, or Victor Crowley, or Hatchet Part 4, or just call it Victor Crowley. <laughs> or just call it what it's called. That's right. <laughs> So, uh, that movie, the fourth movie, takes place ten years after first three. Uh, Victor Crowley is brought back to life via uh, Reverend Zombie on YouTube because he uploaded the curse on <laughs> YouTube. That's right. <laughs> and these people making a documentary pull up YouTube because YouTube's bad. <laughs> and, and, uh, Recites the curse, Victor Crowley comes back. Um, uh, Andrew's also there because he is the he's he's been selling himself as the only survivor of the massacres in the swamp, and now he's written a book on it. And he's been lying about stuff, and you know he's got to face his whole thing. So, 
it ends with Vic Crowley getting pulped in a uh, in a turbine, a plane turbine, because dumb plane crashed in the swamp. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Don't get me started on that either. Yeah, you know, got got to have your setting. Um, <laughs> that's where the budget went. Yep. So uh, <laughs> cockpit. <laughs> oh jeez! It, it, Victor Crowley is a fun movie. Um, I, I, I what did I tell you? Fun and ridiculous franchise. Yeah. So, uh, so, so you think it's over because Victor Crowley gets pulped in, in Terminator Engine, and, and they get Andrew and uh, one of the other survivors out. And in mid credits, you cut to this this house, and uh, who's watching the news? Her name's Mary Beth. That's right. And she's, oh, you know, I've been waiting for you. And cut the credits. Now, I think that uh, Mary Beth is also a repeater at this point. And that the curse has transferred. But, but there are now two curses. <laughs> There's the original Victor Crowley curse. Uh-huh. And the curse on Mary Beth also extends to Andrew. Because, okay, if the whole franchise is built on uh, guilt and wrongdoing, right? And and wrongdoing of of another party, whether it be a family or a person, whatever. What happened at the end of Hatchet 3? Andrew hid... While somebody needs help. Well, when that hottie got killed. Right, right. But but there's also, you know, Mary Beth's also dying. I know, but <laughs> this, is, this is how my head functions, right? That's the first thing. He lets the hottie die. And then Mary Beth outside. Yeah. So now, so now Andrew's cursed by the swamp. So what if, and this is just speculation, I don't, you know, I'm not trying to go like, they should do this. Um, so what if there's two curses in play? Um, Victor Crowley now eventually has to make his way into the city for some whatever reason. Uh, Andrew's tied to Mary Beth because he never helped Mary Beth and Mary Beth is doing a repeat until the two of them settle things up. Well, they both have to put down Crowley because that's a curse. So they both have to put them down. Yeah. But then that erases both curses? Right. I mean, it could work. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's just a thought. It's just gonna, it's or gonna... we get Perry Shen to play <laughs> two versions of himself in the same movie. <laughs> Not unlike Gemini Man. And Will Smith, which bombed, I think Perry Shen can actually pull it off. Yeah, I think at this point he could probably do anything in that franchise. And he would be forced to kill his doppelgangers. (laughs) And Mary Beth's along for the ride. 
Let's see how it goes. Listen, as long as Danielle Harris is in it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay. Because I remember in part three, and this is my uh, horny teenager side, that shower scene. <laughs> this is. This is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You said you might as well just say the whole damn thing now. Let me tell you that. <laughs> when I realized that she had that giant tattoo, and it was not fake. It is a real tattoo. Yeah. She has that too. And I remember seeing her in Inked Magazine. Uh, this is when I I cemented my love for uh, Daniel Harris. So if they want to do another movie, you know, I am more than happy if it ends up being on a beach somewhere. Not in a swamp. Hey man, if you're gonna go to old school '80s slashers, everybody was running around <laughs> naked, right? Yeah. So we, yeah, I know, I know. We gotta do the damn thing right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I I don't know. I I thought I had something else to say. I got nothing. Can't top that. Can't top that. <laughs> And that revelation, bro. All right, that, that's how we're going out. I guess that's <laughs> that's how. Actually, no, we're not going out that way because uh, it was recently announced that there were two different ideas, uh, two ideas for two more movies in, in the franchise. Now, I don't think that this is a uh, this is not one of those eternal, constant installment franchises. There's a set story, and once we're through all those set stories. That's pretty much it. So uh, I'm looking forward to getting Victor Crawley out of the swamp, which is the big, uh, the big rumor that, that where things are headed. And then after that, who knows what's going to happen? So uh, it should be a should be an interesting couple of years to see how things develop. Yeah, seeing his ugly ass walking around the street. <laughs> Like I'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah, no, yeah. Then, yeah, I'm so I'm so sensitive. I'm so sensitive to, to the plight of the. Listen, here's a tragic backstory, but once you start killing people, I don't care anymore. Oh no, I get it. And him him going down Berber Street, fucking people up, is gonna be fantastic. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine he kills somebody and someone gives him beads for doing it. You know it's going. You know it's gonna happen. That's great. Big fan of beads. Big, big fan of beads. Me too. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) But with that said, (laughs) and all things revealed about what people like in movies. This has been another episode of It's Tim Damage Lost the Podcast. You can check the show notes for all of our social media info. We got Twitter, we got iTunes, we got Spotify, we got Discord, we got Tumblr, we got the works. Please feel free to leave us a review or do something as simple as telling your friends about us because every little bit helps us grow in the long run. We're trying to do a road show, trying to do some fun stuff because 2020 is going to be our year, damn it. As always, uh, podcast producer for the stars, Mark Warren, has been responsible for making us sound oh so spectacular. So thank you for all that you do, Mark. You got it. Until next time, please have fun, watch horror movies, and remember to always drink responsibly. 
and hydrate, 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 hydrate. Please hydrate. You need them to lubricate your guts because next week, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about Fulci's Gates of Hell. We're talking about Italian horror movies. And we're talking about one of my personal favorites. Demons. Demons. So get ready. Get ready. Get set. Because we're going in next week. Until then, thank you for listening. And goodbye. Bye. kitten.